Hi, everybody. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Aviation Lowdown. I'm your host, L.O. Last week, we had Steve-O1 Kinevo with us, the pilot very, very popular on the YouTube aviation community. Today, we have Pilot Emily, and she's pretty popular on Instagram. So, Emily, thanks for joining us today on the Aviation Lowdown. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. One of the things I noticed immediately with your page was that it had a lot of followers that seemed to be very loyal to your uh, posts. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind, of, it's kind of building up there without me realizing. It's building. I spoke with, uh, I don't know if you heard the Steve-O One Kinevo interview from last yeah, week. Yeah, I did. Now, were you familiar with Steve-O or is that the first time you heard of him? No. So I actually, um, when you mentioned you and I were going to sit down together, I did kind of listen into the other one and it was really cool to be able to see his, uh, YouTube following. So a little bit inspiring for me too, as well. Yeah. He's a really, really big YouTube follower. Did you ever watch any of his videos? Not until I just listened to his, uh, his podcast with you. So yeah. a little bit exciting to kind of go browse through his stuff for so sure. It kind of, uh, it kind of worked out for him. So Steve, if you're listening to this, good job, man. You got another fan out there. So <laughs> exactly. If I did one thing in that episode, it was to get some yeah. more fans but inspire someone else yeah but you know i learned so much from that and uh it, it was just it was really really mind-opening to sit in the other end of that and he just uh you know pours his heart out with his stories involving the faa and everything and uh wow exactly yeah nerve-wracking for sure well, a little bit about you you're a pilot and where are you from yes. what's your story how did you become a pilot what's the background story <laughs> in emily yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm from Toronto originally and um, started my aviation career, I guess you could say back in 2010, but it was actually my second career. Um, so originally I went to the university and then finished up um, a diploma program and I became a massage therapist. So that was my first um, venture into my like my first industry, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And I was doing that for full time for about two years. And after two years, like I knew I just I loved it. I loved being a massage therapist. Um, but I knew I wanted to do something more. I wanted to travel the world. And eventually aviation kind of stumbled as a possible next step. My dad kind of randomly mentioned it to me and I went and I did an intro flight and I was like, yeah, this is it. Like I'm hooked right from the get go. But I hadn't I had never considered it before that. It just, I like, I always enjoyed flying. Like I always enjoyed going to the airport, traveling. My parents used to always bring me back a shit ton of postcards when they would travel. And I was like, wow, that's wicked. Like I definitely want to explore, but I never, I never thought about myself being a pilot until I did that intro flight. And I was like, all right, cool. Heck yeah, I'm doing this. <laughs> that's really cool. Now you mentioned your dad. Yeah. Was he a pilot? He's not a pilot, right? He just suggested nope. it. Oh nope. yeah. There's no one in my family um that's in aviation like in any respect like so no pilots no uh mechanics like dispatchers nothing so i was the first one to kind of venture into this wow. um so a little bit intimidating for sure at the beginning mm -hmm. but you pick up some really good mentors along the way so right. i kept doing my massage therapy on the side and i kept doing it for um i just quit officially actually last year so i've been doing it for 10 years but i was still doing it on the side as i became a pilot and as i started working in the industry but i knew you know, like my heart was way more into this. So really glad I kept it up. So yeah, that's where I'm at well, now. Congratulations on that. That's a real success story. Somebody who saw goal and they committed to it and they made it happen. Yeah. So I'm really yeah, proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. Good job, Emily. Thank you. <laughs> and it's quite the contrast to Steve from last week. And I wouldn't say it's totally different, but Steve explained how he had the GI Bill available and he was trying to figure out what he should do from sort of a beginning stage and you were in a situation where you were actually doing a career something that you were trained in and decided you had to change a heart 
you wanted to get involved in something different. And can you kind of describe to the listeners the feeling of anxiety of uh, not really knowing what you want to do? I'm sure you had those moments during that time where you're like, oh you gosh. know, should I continue with this? There's a lot of sunk yeah. costs, you know, with that, with staying with something and not being sure if it's really worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, you raise a really good point. And, and it's true because taking yourself through, you know, one set or like a one round of college or university is one thing and then taking yourself through a second round is another. So yeah, absolutely dealing with like that anxiety of like not knowing what's next and not knowing what steps to take and being overwhelmed by the entirety of the process and like not being able to see the finish line, right? Like you, you kind of see the overall end goal, but you have no idea what the path is going to look like, how you're going to get there. And I think the best thing that a lot of my mentors used to tell me is just, you know, focusing on like the small steps or breaking it down. And anybody who tells you, you know, you're yourself, like having gone through like, you know, your, your fitness goals and all that, like, you know, yourself too, that it's, you know, there's the one end goal, but then breaking it down into smaller steps kind of makes it a little bit easier to swallow, you know, Mm -hmm. get through to that next thing. And before you know it, like, the time passes by, right? Like it, before you realize it, every step that you take towards that goal kind of gets you there. And do I still have, you know, doubts as to where the industry is going to take me? Absolutely. But you, as long as I feel like as long as I'm, I'm happy and I have the lifestyle that I'm looking forward to, and I feel, you know, some kind of reward from what I'm doing, I feel like, well, at least I'm on the good, on the right track. Right. So that's what motivated i question my life every time i spend 12 hours a day making memes so i (laughs) can probably use (laughs) that too but it reminds me of the uh the song 46 and 2 by tool which talks about this thing called the union shadow in psychology which is about embracing everything in your life the good and the bad the negative the positive and uh you know knowing yourself and some of those uh the angsty feelings what kind of advice can you give to people listening who maybe would like to get involved in aviation but they're not uh, confident enough to go forward with it they don't know if it's the right move yeah that's a really good question and I think looking back on my own progress and the kind of like my challenges and my ups and downs it's definitely just to to keep at it right like the only true failure in my mind is if you kind of get knocked down and you don't get back up so even if you screw up like I've screwed up on on flight tests before I screwed up on rides you know we all have our our challenges but every single time that you get back up and you try again that to me is success Mm -hmm. so I think that would be the best thing to go back as advice is it doesn't matter how many times you quote unquote screw up or, or you mess up or, or whatever. As long as you get back up, you know, certain times it's going to take you a day. Other times it'll take you a couple of months or whatever the case may be. Just get back up and keep going. You should be a motivational speaker. I feel yeah. like you'd be really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which, if you got back up, what kind of plane would you be flying? I meant to ask you this, but uh, what kind of planes are you flying these days, by the way? Yeah, so I'm currently typerated, so I'm flying the Dash AQ 400. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, regional regional flying. So lots mm-hmm. of kind of shorter hops back and forth around um, around Canada. So I was currently... So I was originally based out east in Toronto. So I was doing a lot of um, eastern flying, going all the way to the east coast of Canada, now based in Calgary, um, which is super close to the west coast, like the mountain range that we have out here. Mm -hmm. So I'm flying more so across to like Vancouver, all the way up to Yellowknife, you know, all the way across the prairies, Manitoba and all that. Yeah. Wow, that's really kind of cool. Now, I have a dumb question I just thought of, but do you fly to the U.S. at all? Oh, no, so I mean, we don't. It's international, right? Yeah, exactly. So in um, out east, we had um, two routes 
uh, that took us to one of them was Boston and another one was Nashville for our U.S. destinations. Mm-hmm. Um, out west, we don't have any U.S. flying uh, just yet, but we actually just announced that we're going to be flying into Portland um, in the West Coast. So that's pretty pretty exciting because I've never been there before. So that'll be a cool new experience. Yeah, for sure. I've never been to Portland either, but everyone who goes there has told me it's amazing and Austin. they'll never want to yeah. leave. So. <laughs> you'll have to meet up for a drink or something in Portland, but uh, you'll have to fly me there, yeah. you know, get get, get some uh, <laughs> some free miles on your airline or whatnot. But yeah. One of the things exactly. I'm sort of doing is going through your Instagram, and you've talked a little bit about the background as to how you got into flying. How did you start this huge Instagram following? What was the calling for that? Oh, my gosh. It's, so, <laughs> that even, so I think I've had my account for probably like six years or something, but I never – put that much effort into it. It was just kind of documenting like my journey, so to speak. But I really started to get more traction, I guess, when I, I guess it was like last year and I was, um, no, sorry, the year before that, sorry. Mm -hmm. So two years ago, back in 2017, I had gone out and I was flying a little bit in Africa. So with a different company and I was based and flying in and out of the Congo and the DRC. And I guess because at that point I was just like flying a different aircraft. I was obviously type rated on um, still the Dash 8, but smaller version of it. And I guess just like people kind of like just gravitate towards that. So like you're no longer just like a general aviation pilot. Right. You've progressed onto like the more professional side of things. And I guess my adventure was something that people hadn't really seen before. So it just started to pick like, you know, pick up traction. And then from there, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to make something from this. And, um, yeah, before I know it now, I'm like over 30,000, I don't even know what that means, well, but means you're doing I mean, something right, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, no, no. You know, you think we're doing well until you see some of these messages we get in our DMS. <laughs> Believe me, you would not want to run this yeah. page. If you saw them, you're like, Oh, that's really great. And so did you really just send that to me? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Um, by the way, I'm just thinking about it, but I talked to Steve-O last week, as I mentioned, and he said, you know, he was explaining the FAA regulations here, yes. um, with respect to recording in the cockpit and the deck uh what is it like in canada do you guys have more relaxed regulations with that yeah so there's some similarities it was a little bit challenging to kind of pick up because you guys have obviously like the different names for the different regulations as well but um for my operator um specifically it's you know we we keep it to like a sterile cockpit kind of below ten thousand feet so Uh, and that just goes for like your seatbelts and like and anything that's not pertaining to the safety of the flight. Obviously, your your focus is not going to be you know set on that. But as far as like filming in the cockpit and everything like that, like a lot of us will have like mounted cameras or mounted GoPros or anything. And um, yeah, there's there's no um, there's no regulation against that, so to speak. Actually, my um, mm-hmm. my I got in touch with my social media side of my operator, my company, just to make sure that I wasn't going to do anything that was going to you know offend them or put them in a bad light or anything they're actually super pumped about it so we're hoping to collaborate together so Mm -hmm. yeah as long as i i keep you know safety as the priority i think that's the the main focus yeah that's really kind of cool and that's a big uh, point for this podcast i think uh just mentioning some of the regulations because steve-o mentioned specifically part 121 which is like our airline regulations i mean there's a bunch of that but you know, basically he came to the agreement with these people who said, you really can't do that with passengers. And then you guys checked and they said it was fine. So it's quite the difference, you know, and I think that's really interesting to mention. I've never seen that mentioned anywhere else, but I've always noticed that the guys in Europe and gals in Europe had a lot of more airline pilots that were recording themselves. And that was what made me curious about it. 
So yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's good to check. It's, you don't want to, you know, do something not only to like incriminate yourself, but also just to jeopardize safety. And, and I think it's, it's good actually that I was listening to you and Steve talk about it because I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to make sure that I'm also <laughs> kind of covering my bases as well. <laughs> so, you yeah. listen to it and like you immediately called up your airline. You're like, yo, I've been doing this for three years. Like, please <laughs> don't me judge me, you know, but, uh, Hey, by the way, did you ever, did you have any scary moments of uh, flight? I'm sure everyone in their career has had their own moments like steve explained i'm curious if maybe you have a few of those uh, hairy moments i've been super lucky it's um i was kind of thinking like lucky that's a good way because i don't really have any crappy stories but i'm trying to think i mean the sketchiest stuff was probably when i was flying in africa for a little bit just in the sense that it's just a little bit less regulated down there and i'm not trying to yeah, just a little bit <laughs> that's absolutely incredible africa i know nothing about flying over yeah. there what were you doing over there in africa yeah so it was um i was doing um i was hired out by a company that was doing un contract work like so basically we're tasked to fly um un soldiers around for that specific mission I know like UN soldiers and UN personnel. So we were flying them like in and out of their base camps or in and out of their locations where they were. And, you know, I'm whatever I'm kind of talking about, I obviously don't want to spread like a negative uh, view of the flying that was down there, but it's just, there's just less regulations, right? So it's, it's uncontrolled airspace. It's non-radar airspace um, in certain areas. So, you know, you've got to make your reporting and like you're reporting your position kind of like back in the old way, of doing it when you're doing your flight training where you're like announcing to everybody in the surrounding area where you are but unfortunately not everybody has the same airmanship mentality <laughs> so that's what really challenging right. um so you know you might be reporting at one spot and another aircraft um you know from a different country or wherever they're coming from might also be reporting in that spot but you're clearly visual and you can't see them anywhere so you know that there's like a little bit of misleading kind of going on so i'd say the combination of that plus the weather systems that you get down there um a lot of the weather systems that we get in kind of north america and south america they're frontal type so you'll kind of see them moving in a line and you can kind of predict their movement and you can kind of use that to avoid them whereas when you're close to the equator a lot of it is is very pop-up type of weather um so you can't you can't predict it and you can't tell how it's going to move so once you're in a cloud or once you're an IMC, super, super challenging oh, to sure. know where the heck you should go and you want to get the hell out of there as soon as possible. So I'd say that's probably some of the sketchiest stuff that's happened just because on certain occasions um, you can't get out of that cloud and you have to kind of go into cloud to try to get out of it a little bit sooner. So mm-hmm. I'd say that's another challenging for sure. Stuff for sure. And it definitely makes you a better pilot. <laughs> you know, better uh, airman or air, air woman, if you will. And I think yeah. one of the things that people don't really realize is like every time you have that unique experience, it's making you a better pilot and it's training. It's actually training you to be better. And I talk to Absolutely. these people all the time who have so many interesting experiences that was like, that was the most terrifying moment of their career. But yet they always say, I always think about that, but it's helped me in the long run. It's helped me in the long haul. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. shifting gears a little bit, uh, you're really into fitness too. And Big time. <laughs> you know, I'm into fitness too. I work out like four or five times a week and I certainly uh, saw how into fitness you are after stalking your profile for like three hours one day. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But one of the things I was just kind of curious about is like how people travel and do this because it affects everything having to do with health, uh, you know, like your meal preps and how you work out and your sleep schedule and you're just traveling and fatigue and stress. It just seems like everything that would be against fitness happens in traveling. How right. do you handle it? How right. do you do it? So, that? okay. So 
to perfectly honest to get on the same page as you when I was first getting into the airlines. So like getting into the airlines wasn't necessarily like my end goal originally. I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot to see if I like it. Right. But one of my legit questions to ask my friends who were all in the industry, I was like, okay, can you actually maintain like a half decent gym schedule? Cause that was like such a, it's such a big passion of mine. And it's just such a big priority on my like life goals that I was like, no, I, to actually know. Yeah, there's no option. I need to know if I'm going to be able to make this work. So uh, my schedule, I'd say I'm on like the most of the time I'm on three to four day pairing. So I'll be paired up with the same crew for three to four days at a time. So during those days, I actually have a running list now for all of our layover locations and like which ones have my like my gym because I'm a, I ha- I'm a member of the gym, like a good life gym, which is mm-hmm. um, like throughout all of Canada. So oh, I actually awesome. have a list of where all of the good lives are nearby our layovers or if there's one not one that's nearby i like i have a note as to whether or not the, the hotel gym is absolute garbage right. or if i can go <laughs> and use it or whatever so thankfully i've been able to maintain somewhat of a schedule in the last month or so straight up honest i've been struggling big time with my motivation <laughs> but you're actually me catching me back up on like an uh, you know an uphill climb at this point right. so i'm getting back well that's good maybe this thing. will inspire yeah. you to uh you know be reminded totally. that you, that's a really rare opportunity <laughs> that you have this national gym for lack of a better term that's across canada yeah uh, that's pretty yeah, cool yeah, I mean, yeah. we have some we have like you know golds and la fitness and stuff planet fitness or whatever yeah. i mean they have these chains and franchises but to have it where you can travel and then you know where they are that's that's a whole different level emily i think you're <laughs> you're kind of up there with that so okay to get back to your main question is that it's challenging not gonna lie when you've been flying all day like we start, start like sometimes do days that are like you know four to five leg days when you've done all those days you've been up since three in the morning like the last thing you feel you're doing is you know going to the gym right i'll be straight up honest but it is doable it's absolutely doable. when you said four to five leg days i actually thought you meant like leg days like doing squats <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i'm like holy shit how can she even walk i don't even know how you can operate yeah. the pedals but uh so all right so fitness i mean that's interesting but you know everyone knows that half of or maybe even more than half 80 percent of fitness is uh, of course diet so do you meal prep how does that work do you go out for, absolutely yeah yeah absolutely yeah i take the day so the day or afternoon you know, it doesn't take me that long, but like the afternoon or evening prior to like when I leave for my three, four day pairing, mm-hmm. I'll just cook up a bunch of stuff and then have it for like the rest of the time with me. Um, and they give us like with our crew bags and everything, they give us um, a lunch bag. And surprisingly, I've been able to fit the food for like four, like almost five days. Yeah, that's perfect. In there. So yeah, yeah, it's totally doable. That's perfect. It seems to me there's a lot of that pairing between being a pilot and being in shape, whether it's a guy or a girl. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of influencers out there. I'm sure you're familiar with them who kind of run this whole brand, this whole image of doing that, staying fit, but also flying planes. And you're definitely one to, uh, be doing that yourself. It looks like, so congratulations (laughs) on maintaining that. That's really, really admirable. And it's really tough. Most people can't even stay in shape, staying in the same spot on earth for more than, you know, a month and you're (laughs) traveling every single day, virtually all time. So that's, uh, that's really impressive. And thank you. I'd also like to uh, know more a little bit about, you know, what your long-term goal is, because you mentioned that wasn't really your long-term goal originally to be an airline pilot. So do you have anything in mind or just kind of flying you know by the uh see your pants so to speak and you'll see where it ends <laughs> yeah. up yeah it's a good question um like you said i didn't really know if i wanted to get into the airlines at the beginning just because i wasn't really sure if i wanted to have like that, that kind of lifestyle kind of being away from home um now that i'm in it i've been 
a first officer here with this company for um, just over a year now. And I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I definitely enjoy like the the travel benefits and the travel hookups that you get mm-hmm. with it. But I, I think I also really am enjoying the teaching aspect. So I actually also teach um, initial like initial pilots that are going through the the training program. Cool. And I'm teaching them in in a simulator. Wow. In their first like couple, yeah. So just not the full motion sim. There's a simulator prior to that. Um, we call it the GFS. Some people call it IPT. It's a graphical flight simulation mm-hmm. or simulator, excuse me. And then uh, or IPT is instrument procedure trainer, I believe. Right. Um, so it's just like the initial checklist, like all the flows and like the standard operating procedures, so that when they do get to the simulator, the full motion one, that stuff is a little bit more familiar, and they're just a bit they're able to focus on the actual handling and flying of the aircraft so i actually find the training and the teaching super rewarding you get to learn so much stuff because like the questions that they come up with you know you haven't even thought about sometimes for yourself mm-hmm. so it keeps you sharp on your toes it puts me it keeps like i feel like it keeps you humble too like it's like yeah there's so much shit to learn out there i feel like once you become a pilot yep. it's really just a license to learn oh, right yeah. so i feel like it's super rewarding people are super positive and they're like stoked to be there like they're you know they're just like a kid in a candy store, right? right? For like a lot of these, these people. <laughs> that's, that's the way I am with these interviews. I feel like I'm a kid yeah. in a candy store because everyone's just so full of information and I'm just sitting here like trying to absorb it. Like, uh, wow, that's right. really impressive. Uh, by the way, while you were talking to me, I pulled up the simulator because I saw it your Instagram. It's actually the latest picture. Yeah. Uh, and it says the graphical flight simulator. And it reminds me of a meme that we actually posted on ETC memes of the Embry-Riddle nerds and somebody would have that. And they'd be like the perpetual virgin in their mom's basement or something. I shouldn't really. (laughs) I'm actually in a basement right now. I'm currently having a a studio like renovated, like a recording studio. And so I'm in a basement right now. So I shouldn't be talking. But uh, that simulator looks incredible. And all those screens are all LCDs. Is that what that is? Yeah, they're all touch screens. Wow. So they're all they interact. So obviously they're not like the like the switches that you would have have in the in the actual simulator sure. and in the aircraft, but it's close enough to get the feeling of your flows, go through the checklist, go through the procedures. You can still do full like takeoffs and, and landings. Obviously you don't see what's outside. You're only seeing like what the the digital screens are in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, like super super handy, an incredible tool for learning. So I do find the teaching and eventually I get into the full sim. Um, but I do find the teaching very rewarding. So who knows? Like, I'm sure that once I upgrade, I'll go into the full simulator, mm-hmm. um, and then see kind of what I feel like doing from there. Right. Let's take it from there, you know? So always maintaining like that kind of loose goal where you kind of know what you like and what you want to do, but leave the doors open if exactly. they may, you know, if they need to be open. Exactly. So, cause things change all the time and it's, it's nice to be able to know that, Hey, I'm still enjoying this. Okay, cool. I'll keep doing it. Mm-hmm. The moment that you start to feel some negativity or, not even negativity, but you just feel like your priorities aren't lined up. I think that's the time when you can realign or, you know, create new goals for Absolutely. yourself. There's three things of this picture I noticed, by the way, while you're talking. What's okay, that? number one is, well, first of all, your pose is incredible. You look amazing. <laughs> Thank <Okay>. you. <laughs> uh, number two is, are those chairs as comfortable as they look? Because they look really comfortable. They're, they're, I mean, they're made to be able to, so that you can just focus on the flying. So yeah, they're kind of comfy. <laughs> right. They're kind of like those neutral chairs. And then third, you have your branding. It says Pilot Emily right on the pedestal, like the console there. Uh, That's right. It's my simulator. So no, just that, kidding. <laughs> that is actually really cool because it's so subtle and it was so well thought out. I didn't even notice it until I was studying this picture and I'm like, wait a minute. Yep. 
Yeah. Do you know why? It's because people have been stealing my stuff, right? People have been. Yeah. Well, I know people. You know, I know. more than anybody. Yeah. Well, I think we probably still stolen stuff too. And uh, admittedly, it wasn't all our fault. See what happens is people take stuff and then they send it to us it without the watermarks stuff. and then we repost it and you get like these like you know angry people with pitchforks knocking down our dms like hey man take it down you know and usually if i see it i'm gonna help him out but it's like the wild west out there with this stuff you know it is, it is. So. that's why i started doing it because people were like making fake profiles i actually keep getting people who are sending me dms who are just mentioning like hey is this you on coffee meets bagel or is this you on some kind of dating app because i guess people are using my pictures to like dating apps yeah <laughs> somebody stole my picture and used it on grinder so i i understand i mean whatever as long as they're not hurting anybody you know it's just one of those things i've probably been seen yeah. naked too many times on grinder i don't even know about it uh, <laughs> by the way you could probably get yourself verified though like if you actually have people really really uh i think harassing you in the way of maintaining false profiles there should be a way you can get that blue check mark in which case i'd be even cooler you really should have one it would Totally fit. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. I'll see what it takes to get there, but it'll come in good time. I'm yeah, sure. Know. Knowing me, I, we're a meme page, so we got about I think it's a uh, hundred trillion followers to go before we're allowed to get a uh, check mark on Instagram. Oh, is but... that so? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm not really sure how that works. There's no science behind that. Um, now, do you have any sectional chart clothing or not? No, not yet. All right, I'm gonna have to send you some after this interview. I think. <laughs> Or at least give you a discount on it because I think it would be really cool. And you really, really look the part and you act the part and you certainly speak the part as somebody who's very intelligent and very well informed with the industry. So I'm very happy to have you on the show. And uh, I've learned a lot so far just talking to somebody who is sort of of that generation and of that sector of the industry that's really making it big on this Instagram thing. Do you have any plans to make it on YouTube too? Yeah, actually, if you if you go back onto my profile, I just launched my first video um, when I got to thirty thousand. That was like my my goal initially. It was really more sort of like motivate myself and have some kind of like tangible thing to work towards. And I just um, yes, I just released or launched my first video on my channel just under Pilot Emily as well. And my goal is to eventually um, yeah just pick it up from there and actually film like in in uh, like flight deck videos. And sure. I just ordered. Um, What's it called? A uh, oh Those GoPros? The, uh... No, I have a GoPro. It's for um, it's for to be able to listen into your ATC. Uh, oh, the, yeah, the audio. The audio. Yeah, the yeah. Yep. So I just ordered that to be able to take it to the next level because if you ever like try to film anything in the cockpit, it's especially because we're a terrible prop. Like it's just so loud, you can't hear anything. Right. So right. it'll be really cool to be able to um, just show like followers kind of like a little bit of a a sneak peek into just like what we see when we're out there, what we're dealing with, the kind of weather that, you know, can be thrown our way. For sure. So I'm just hoping to kind of bring it up from there. I've got a Patreon um, page up as well, just for extra support. If anybody wants to, uh, to help me out with, for sure. uh, well, yeah. What is the uh, URL for that? If you have it or the name, because so you can it's, shout it's pilot out. Pilot Emily as well. Yeah. Pilot Emily for both for Patreon and YouTube. And I'm just really enjoying the process so far. And I, and the YouTube obviously is something that's brand new for me. So, um, I've had uh, a friend who's helping me out with some of the editing, but I really want to be able to eventually take it all on my own and, and just kind of make something of it. Yeah. Go. Congratulations on that. Yeah. I would like to get into video myself. I have just way too many, uh, cameras and lights and uh, microphones and everything. I mean, before I got into uh, the aviation uh, satire industry, I guess you could call it, I was really into uh, music and recording and 
pretty much any type of entertainment you could uh, imagine. And I have so much stuff. Like I'm looking over right now in the corner and there's just like a pile of stuff. Uh, quite, my cats are, you know, on top of it actually. But, you know, and these are things that uh, I really am passionate about. And like you say, to make it worthwhile to, for a viewer to see that and to experience the audio and the weather and just being there. And like maybe even the frustration of like we're hitting turbulence again, you know, whatever. Just like you said, it's kind of cool to be able to look back at your journey as well. Like it's without you realizing like all those videos, even if you're just doing like one a month you can look back and see how you've progressed not only in like your flying industry but also just like your editing skills like what you mentioned with like the music and and the filming and all that so definitely looking forward to that challenge yeah in the beginning of atc memes we were doing a lot of the audio skits and it was quite literally me sitting in my living room in my underwear with a really (laughs) crappy plantronics headset and i was trying to simulate atc conversations and it was okay and then fast forward three years and it's like I brought all my equipment from upstate New York down here to uh, Long Island and I have like I'm talking to you on um you know AKG microphones and it's it's gotten way out of control and people are like you know no matter what you do if you take the craft seriously people will notice it. I'm a big believer in that, you know. Absolutely. It's crazy that you say that because I think consistency and like quality of the product is really going to speak for itself. So it's one thing to put out, you know, you know, well, like you were saying at the beginning you're kind of trying it out and probably doing it like on a daily basis. Whereas when you start to actually put in the effort and the time and produce something worthwhile, I think people start to, like you said, turn around and look at it and actually take time to pay more attention. So good job on you for fitting. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. And this podcast, I want it to be the same way when I have, uh, you know, my partners and I were working on ATC memes. We were under the impression at first, especially when we monetized it by selling some, you know, apparel products and things like that. People yeah. all thought that we were kind of crazy to suspect that we thought we were going to make any money doing that. But my goal was always if you make the product that is really the product's entertainment, if you keep people coming back and coming back and sharing things and really curious, they will always be a fan. And you do that with your page. So don't lose sight of the fact that you have something unique. It could be as simple as a story that you have from that day, but you have it and that's your story and go, go share it, you know? So if you do it on YouTube, congratulations. You Thank just made you. a new fan. I'm always going to be a fan <laughs> of pilot Emily. <laughs> so Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I guess that's just about it. I wanted to kind of get to know the person behind the name pilot Emily on Instagram. And it's been a pleasure talking to you about a little bit of your journey flying the uh, Canadian dash eight driver. And I didn't mention this by the way, but you have a little bit of an accent, not too bad though, but a little tiny bit. <laughs> I don't know. It comes from, I swear to God, it comes from, well, not only just being in Canada, but I think it's like the mix. People have said that about the French Canadian side. Um, they, they keep saying like, oh, do you speak French? But they'll only pick it up after they've been talking to me for like, you know, a couple minutes or whatever. I don't know if it's because of my parents, because we speak French at home. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I am totally guilty of having an accent. <laughs> my brother is dating a girl from New Caledonia, which is, I believe, off the coast of New Zealand, but they're uh, a French territory. And so I've mentioned this a few times, she speaks fluent French and they've actually gone to Montreal and things. And every time he goes there, it's like a whole new experience because I've been there. I've never been with people who speak French, nor do I speak French. So to have somebody sort of being able to speak French in Quebec seems to be a requirement to know the whole city. So Yes, absolutely. It's such a nice place. Like Montreal, yes, Quebec City even more so. So if you ever get a chance to visit, I'd highly recommend it. I will have to. I grew up in Albany, New York, so I've been up to Montreal a bunch of times, not too far, but I've never been as far uh, north as uh, Quebec City. So I'll have to make it up there one of these days. And if I do, I'll fly on a Dash 8 and hopefully you'll be yes, my Yes, you're, you're probably going to – that's probably going to be the only way you can make it there. So you'll be stuck. <laughs> That'll be my first YouTube video, flying a Dash 8 into the frigid Arctic Quebec air or something. Right. 
And make but. sure you film the landing because we're like we're known for those. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way or a bad way? <laughs> Shitty way. <laughs> we call them crash dates, you know. <laughs> it's all right. As long as I can survive it and the plane can be reused again, that's a bonus point, you know. Absolutely. So, well, Emily, thanks so much for joining me, Hello, uh, here on the Aviation Lowdown. Uh, is there absolutely. any final words you want to share to my guests, or not really? It's fun. Nah, too. just keep being awesome. <laughs> um, well, I have a long way to go if I want to be awesome, but uh, you're right. highly inspiring. So, Emily, thanks so much. <laughs> I hope you have a great night, and I really do appreciate you being on, uh, I guess it's episode five of the Aviation Lowdown. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. No problem. Well, guys, that just about wraps it up for episode five of the Aviation Lowdown. I'm your host, Elo, and this has been Pilot Emily here on episode five. If you guys would like to check out her social media pages, I highly recommend Instagram, Pilot Emily, YouTube, Pilot Emily, and her Patreon page, which is, not surprisingly, Pilot Emily. For those of you who'd like to send me some fan mail and hate mail, it's LO at AviationLowdown.com. Join us next week. You never know who we might have here on the Aviation Lowdown. Thanks a lot, guys. Good night.